episode 25. Get out of here, Satan. <laughs> what up, everybody? Just me and Chris in the building tonight, holding it down, you know, the OGs. So let's, you know, start it out how we always do. Bow your head and close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you tonight, God. Lord, in just a, a place of gratitude, God, so grateful for who you are, God. Lord, I pray that we would focus tonight on who you are, God, not just what you do, God, but the loving, amazing, powerful God you are, God. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would enter this place. Lord, I pray that we would do our best to honor you, to speak only on your truth. Lord, bringing life to the people listening, God. Lord, I pray that you would move in their heart, God that you would open up their mind and their heart, Lord, to receive you, and that the Holy Spirit would just enter them, Lord, and that you would do what you do, and we just try our best to stay obedient, God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your almighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So tonight, we're going to get real deep. We're going to talk about, um, I don't know, Chris said a little bit about Romans. You know, he's been in Romans, my favorite book. If you listen, you know I talk about Romans a lot because it's just super fire. Um, but focusing mostly on the the beginning, you know, I was reading Romans 1 and 2 this morning. And it's just it's talking about the difference between law and faith, you know. And it's like they go hand in hand, but it's important to understand them both. Because, you know, for a while before Jesus came back, the law was how you receive salvation. You know, you got to heaven by your devotion to the law, you know. People were walking in line. They were really, you know, had to be committed to this way of life because if not, you know, you're going to slip up. You're going to get away from the legalistic side of things. And before you knew it, you just be covered in sin. But thankfully, Jesus came and, you know, he atoned for our sins. And not to say the pressure was taken off because we still need to walk in that way of devotion and obedience to God through the law but now it's a little different I feel like because today I follow the law to the best of my ability coming from a place of love respect and fear for God because I know that when I'm walking in the law I'm honoring God you know I'm getting out of my will and I'm stepping into his will because my my natural state my my humanly desire is not to follow the commandments that he has laid out for me, you know? My my human urge is to get what I want, to feel how I want to feel, to do whatever it takes for me to feel that way, and it's just a huge selfish rat race, you know? It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't even help me. But my 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 sinful flesh, like my human urge wants something so bad that I can't seem to remember this beautiful way of life that God has laid out for me. So I think tonight we just want to focus on being devoted to the law because through our devotion, that's how the kingdom of heaven is advanced, you know, just by our daily walk of trying to die to self, which is a hard task, but it's doable when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you know, so it's like you start at the beginning, you accept Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you on a daily basis and through that through that surrender every single day, waking up and starting my day saying, God, I'm here to serve you. Lord, help me to to aim to please you, to find my satisfaction in you. Lord, I pray that my desires would align with yours and, you know, just kind of opening my heart through doing that on a daily basis. You know, we're going to grow closer to God. And 
it's cool now that we got the two pieces, you know, we got the faith and we got the law. And when we work them both together, that's when the miracles come. That's when we see the fruits of our labor come into life, you know. It's like when I'm being devoted, when I'm being obedient, you know, when I'm praying, when I'm in my Bible, when I'm talking to others about God, when I'm, I'm surrounding myself with people who love God, like I see growth in a day. But there's also the days like this week, I'm not going to lie, I struggled reading the Bible, you know. And that's that's okay. It happens. You're going to get in those places. But it was really also cool to see the way that, like, even though my body didn't necessarily want to be, like, like my my human flesh didn't really want to be reading the Bible, I could feel, like, the Holy Spirit in me kind of crying out, you know, saying, like, I literally felt it, like, pulling me to the Bible. But I was being so stubborn and defiant that, you know, I didn't choose the Bible a lot of times. There were a lot of days where I might have only got a few minutes in the Bible or maybe even no time at all. And, you know, I saw the results of that. You know, on the days where I'm not in God's word and I'm not constantly trying to be connected to him through prayer, I'm angry. I get real irritable. I'm not very patient with anybody. And the day becomes about how can I please me instead of how can I please God. And, you know, that's not that's not the place we want to be in as followers, as believers and lovers of God, because then, you know, we're, we're not making this world a place of, we're making this our world instead of keeping it his world, you know. So I think tonight we're just going to learn a little bit, you know, about me and Chris's daily walk. And we're also going to kind of help break down how to use the, the law and your faith together. Yeah, that's a, oh, it's a good start off to this. Um for as as far as like the law goes um i could say this like when i first started reading the bible uh it was it was all new testament and i'd even jump into old testament and it's like you don't really know how to read scripture when you first start not that there's like a right or a wrong way to do it but it is like you'll i don't know when you talk to people in the church right they're going to direct you to certain books and stuff like that for starting out right cuz it is like there is i feel like certain books that are really for the new new faith type thing right but when I started I didn't know really many people in the church and I was just like you know honestly just kind of like dabbling in I don't I can't say I really dived into into it like right off rip but like when I was reading it you know I'm seeing all this stuff about the law right and when you read Romans you're gonna get a lot of like I mean he's he's like he's smacking he's he's cracking heads you know what I mean he's like really getting deep into like people who who are not following the law right and then that they'll be you know you're going to be basically you're going to get the wrath of god because of that and like first coming in it's like i was like dude i do not like i don't follow this law like at all like and then even trying to follow the law after realizing that i'm not following the law you know i'm learning that's a super difficult thing to do and so then i remember kind of being like i don't really want to Maybe I don't want the Jesus thing, you know what I mean? Not really, but there's definitely like that little bit of that thought of like this is a little a little much, right? Like I don't know if I can actually do all this stuff. Um and the reason I share that is because it's it was my new faith of not necessarily understanding, I think, the idea of Romans for one, right? Like what what Paul's really doing there. Um so like faith and works they complement each other and the idea of Right. So like that's one thing James writes about is he writes faith without works is dead. And so the whole idea when you're reading about works. Right. And it, it breaks that down to when I live 
if I truly believe that God is who he says he is in the Bible and I truly have been attacked by that, right? And I, you know, slowly but surely, honestly, your faith definitely grows. But like, I have to have some kind of like, I had, I did, God approached me, right? Like God really revealed himself to me to where like I knew some bit of like God is this holy, just this being that sits so far above me, you know? Just like this, this great being, right, that is so uncomprehensible, you know, then I should, right, because of that faith, right, that I truly know that, right, like I, I believe that that is, right, that that is who God is, right, because of that, my works also follow that faith, right, like that's the idea behind why when you read these works, it isn't that I'm going to work super hard now at these, uh, these works because my faith is good, I'm going to be perfect at it now, and, you know, and if I'm not, then God's going to pour his wrath out on me. He's going to burn me in hell, right? That I should be this perfect being just because, right, like of this faith, right? Like it's it's still a continuous journey type thing. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, one segue into this. I think another thing is just uh, for me, like I've shared about it before, like when it comes to certain sins, right? And I think the biggest one which we had a whole episode about the lust. Like one thing I learned through to continuing that even to this day, you know, is that, um, you know, I, I still do, like, I still, I still have that sin, right? Like I, but I try like hell to not have it. And I've come to this realization that it's, it's not an issue of, I need to be a stronger willed person or I need to, you know, like I need to go out and work harder you know, because that is like the first, I think, like type of, that's the first way I'm going to go towards anything is like, I need to do something like about this, right? Like I need to work harder or something wrong. It's more of a lack of faith is what I've learned what it is. I really don't believe, like, I don't know God to the fullest capability that I can know God right now. I know God, I do know God a lot more than I did two years ago, right? My faith has grown from two years ago. But if I knew God in the fullness, like to the max capacity, and it was burned in my heart, like to where it was never a forgotten thought, right? For one, I can't imagine the perfection of the life that I would live, right? But that's the issue is not, it isn't like the works thing is, it's a lack of faith is what it's come down to for me, you know? And I just, so it's like, if you are reading scripture, right, and you do see that stuff, right? I don't think it's necessarily to like push you away as far as like, okay, well, I'm not doing this, right? Like I'm not following these works. I should just throw the book out the window and just continue on my life of sin because it's too difficult. Cause it is like when you read the law, it's like, it's too difficult. I can't live up to that. You know, it's just more about, I think the journey, the, the continued, you know, continue to learn how much God really loves me knowing too that I'm forgiven for my sins. Right. And that he knows my heart. Right? That's one thing that I forget about a lot is that God knows my heart, you know, so it's, I feel like I need to portray this certain thing, but it's like God actually knows, right? Like when I sin and then I feel guilty about it and then I try not to sin again, but then I do sin again. I forget that God knows my heart, that he really knows that I actually am trying, right? Like I've, I get this idea sometimes in my head that it's like, I need to, you know, n- like because my actions aren't following, then God might not believe that I actually want you know what I mean? Like, like maybe God doesn't actually believe that I really want to change. You know what I mean? It's like, he knows my heart, right? And he does forgive me for my sin. And he just, and that's when I got to jump into the scripture, you know, 
it's like there's only a few things I think that really grow my faith and it's it is it comes down to scripture conversations with with the body of Christ which is the church and and prayer right and then those three things really is what like where God reveals himself to me you know in a ton of examples of that prayer for example like as far as it goes for building faith and so this is a, a good example too of what what is being taught right it's like my works is that I get down and I pray and it's not because the, I want God, I want something from God or anything like that, or like it's the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it. It's literally just because I know who God is and I want to talk to him and the fact that I have that opportunity, I want to do that, right? And then I get down on my knees and I pray and I pray and I pray. Sometimes, right, there's not much, right? Sometimes there's this presence that I know he's there, but then sometimes it's monumental things where it's like, God literally, when I'm praying, I ask him for something, and then the next day he gives me this thing that I prayed for the day before, right? And then I know for a fact God's listening to me for one, which is insane to think about. The God of the universe, the creator of everything, the thing that sits above everybody, you know, actually listened to what I said. And then not only that, but then delivered this thing because it was within his will, right, that that I prayed for. And then that grows my face some more to where I also want to cut more of this sin out of my life right like I want to follow the law I do want to follow the law and it's not because you know of anything else other than the fact that I love God right and so I think that's and it's a real slippery slope I think because I definitely get into where I shared about I think a couple weeks ago I had a convicting moment listening to a podcast and my first thought was I need to get into some works you know what I mean it wasn't I need to grow my faith and really learn more about this God and have this relationship with God that's stronger. It was, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. God's displeased with me. And now I need to go do something about that so that he's not displeased with me when none of that is true, right? Like as far as what we know, right? Like God loves me always. It's unconditional love. And there's nothing that I can do to lose that love. Right. And so it's, it should always be when I do can feel convicted, like I need to grow, go and grow my faith. Not, I need to go uh, stop being lust for. I need to not like. I need to work harder at not lying. Or I need to read the Bible for four hours today because that's that's the works part of it. You know, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot. We're we're gonna go pretty deep today for sure. Yeah, I think it's important too when we talk about the law, like, um, you know, like the the commandments. You know, the way that God has called us to live. There's no person on this earth who has ever walked perfectly according to that law other than Jesus. And Jesus himself died because he knew we would never be able able to live up to this law, you know. And God knew that before we were even born, you know. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says, God showed his love for us by sending his son Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. Like he didn't die for this picture perfect version of us, you know. It's not like we had to get a lot better to receive his forgiveness and the grace that God offers us every single day. Like Jesus knew how messed up we were going to be. And he hopped on that cross because God told him to. And he took that pain because they love, like God loves us so much. You know what I'm saying? Like he let his son, a perfect son who never messed up, endure that pain just for us. You know, and I think it's important that we don't try to put that weight on ourselves. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're going to fail every single day. But the more and more we get to know God, we're going to know that, like, there's a song and it says, like, we can, we were never holding God up so we could never let him down, you know? Like, we're 
God isn't isn't you know made any better by us following the law or made any worse when we don't follow the law. Like God is good and perfect no matter what we do. You know we're not we're we're like we God doesn't need us. You know what I'm saying? He's put us on this earth for a reason, and we have a calling. You know we have a purpose to be here, and it's so important to to do our best to try and keep his commandments you know because that's gonna get us closer and closer to him but the thing is like the law was given and a pastor a pastor said this i don't remember what his name was but he, he was fire he did a, a bible a bible study on romans and he said that the law was given to us as a mirror you know the law shows us how imperfect and broken we are because every time we look at the law and we say dang, I messed up on that one, and oh, I messed up on that one, I'm struggling with this aspect of the law, I'm struggling with this commandment, it's showing us how just, like, we're screwed up, you know what I mean, but we can only be made righteous by faith, you know, the faith is the only thing that makes us right in God's eyes, like, it's not, it's not the works, we can't, we can't be made right and perfect by doing a lot of work, like Chris was saying, you know, it's not like we mess up, and we got this debt that needs to be paid, and so, to pay that debt we got to work it off like no the debt was paid by jesus you know he he wiped the slate clean like we are now debt free to sin because of what jesus did so it's like our motivation every single day is like to honor him because of what he did for us you know it's not like we're trying to honor make ourselves look better or do anything to bring us up you know what i mean it's like in god's eyes we're all equal we're all even sin is sin no matter what area you're struggling in you know a lot of times as humans we want to put sin in different categories you know and kind of rank them like oh i may have watched porn today but i didn't kill nobody you know or oh i may have uh stole a few bucks but you know i'm not struggling with like homosexuality or something like no there's no rank to sin you know i mean every sin is a sin and it's wrong but as long as we're repenting over our sins like like Chris was saying, God knows our heart. So when we do mess up and we bring it to him and we're telling him, you know, we're telling him we feel bad. We know we were in the wrong and we messed up. It's so important to also tell him, like, God, clearly I keep messing up in this area. And this is something I cannot, I cannot fix. You know, like this truly needs to be your work. You know, you have to surrender that sin to him so that he can like he he can and will heal you you know if you're truly with a full heart bringing the request to like have to be helped with this sin like he's gonna do it for you it might take time and it's gonna take trials and 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 effort you know like and um and that's that first thessalonians i think it's in chapter five somewhere it was like we're learning we're learning to how to be pure you know and, and part of the learning process is like we're going to fall and we're going to mess up. But each and every time we need to take something away from it. You know, we need to identify what causes to be in the place where we fell. And we also need to look at what happened after, you know, like right after right after we sin. What are we doing? You know, are we sitting in it and being all like, oh, I wish I had a time machine so I could go back and not have done that sin. Or are we instantly hitting our knees, instantly praying to God and saying, God, I messed up. You know, and right now I need you. I need your Holy Spirit to surround me, to cleanse me and to renew me so that I'm not defined by this sin. Because a lot of days I find myself defining myself by the sin that I committed instead of saying, you know, I'm a child of God. 
today I messed up, but I'm still a child of God and I'm still loved by my creator. You know, he knew what I was going to do today. And let's not make today about me and my mistakes. Let's still persevere. You know, let's push on past this mistake and let's step in boldly into our faith. And with the hopes that, you know, with that perseverance is going to bring a little bit of light to someone else's situation, you know, like we can't count ourselves out just because we get knocked down real quick. You know, it's like if you're in a boxing match and if the boxer gets hit and he falls, like if every time a boxer fell to the ground, the the match was over, no one would want to watch boxing. No one would even box. You know what I mean? So we're in this fight every single day where we're fighting the flesh. You know, we're in a spiritual warfare warfare of our own every single day. And it's like when we get knocked down, we got to get back up. But we can't keep trying to get back up on our own strength. We need to lean on something that's so much bigger than us and so much greater than us, you know. Because Jesus could defeat Satan and sin with just one breath. That's what it says in the Bible, just one breath, you know. So it's like if we know that to be true, why do we keep letting sin keep us down? You know what I mean? I, and I'm I'm saying this, like I do this, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just saying like y'all need to tighten up, like no, like. When I when I sin and I'm I'm aware of it, sometimes I let it throw my whole day off. You know what I mean? And and there's different ways I go about it. Sometimes I'll just stay down and be all sad into myself and I won't wanna pray because I wanna you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna seem like like weak or like less than to God, you know, or some days I'll just kinda be like distant with people or, or I'll I'll let the sin keep going and I'll build on that sin. But then there's days where I notice like, okay, I did something wrong. This is not what the law says to do. So what I'm going to do is is pray. I'm going to say to say to God, you know, Lord, I'm just turning to you right now. You know, I messed up. I'm giving this to you and let's move on. Let's get past this together. It's, you know what I'm saying? We got to work at this together. And in those moments, I notice the 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 breakthrough comes when I welcome God into the, into my sin, you know, I can't just have God in the goodness of my life, you know what I'm saying, I gotta bring him into every single aspect, and that's how my faith grows, because then when I feel that comfort and that reassurance, even though I just stepped out of the pit of sin, I know that, like, you know what, he was with me through it all, and he's gonna be the one that's gonna carry me out, I can't carry myself out of the sin, like, I need to truly surrender and turn it over to God, so I think it's an everyday practice of, of just truly just really surrender bro that's really the best the best thing we could say is dying to self you know we die to self we're dead and jesus brings us back to life and that's an everyday act you know like a lot of times in the bible especially in romans um paul talks a lot about the act of baptism and the act of circumcision and so these are physical acts like you know circumcision it was said a lot of people that righteous people are, are circumcised or the the righteous people are getting baptized and it's not necessarily the physical act because just because you got baptized or just because you're circumcised doesn't mean you're perfect christian you know what i'm saying it's like it's an everyday act where when we're baptizing we're like we can be baptized every single day because the the actual act is representing us dying itself when we go under that water we're dead and then when we're lifted up out of the water, we're brought back to life through the power of Christ. Because every day when we sin, we're dying. You know, the wage of sin is death. We're cutting off that connection with God. And the only thing that's going to bring that connection back is the Holy Spirit, is the power of Jesus. You know, so we got to 
every day we got to accept Jesus. We got to acknowledge his power and receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to help guide us through our day. And it's going to keep us obedient if we allow it. You know, if we're truly welcoming the Holy Spirit into every situation, you know, if you know you're struggling with something and you're about to go do what you know you're not supposed to do, try to sit back and pray for a second, you know, and I've seen it come true because there's days when I do that, when, you know, I'm, I'm wanting something, I'm wanting to do something I know it's not right. And I'll just say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. I need your help. And boom, before you know it, he'll take that sin out of my mind or he'll he'll bring someone into the, the picture. You know, maybe Chris will call me or maybe, you know, someone will send me a little Bible verse or something, you know. And then there's some days where I'm like, no, nah, I really I really want this sin. So, Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll catch up with you later after I feel bad. And then, boom, I find myself in the pit of sin. And it's like, do I deserve for God to come and and, you know, save me after I chose to deny him and choose me? No, I don't. But we're never going to deserve it. But what he wants from us is to just do our best every single day to choose him over the sin, you know, because he chose us. He didn't have to. He didn't have to sacrifice his son. Jesus didn't have to get up on that cross. The only reason he did was from obedience. So it's like that should be our motivation every day to do our best to be obedient. You know what I mean? going uh into all the the sin talk i don't know it's so fire and uh you know i think there's a lot of things in my life that i don't know i can't necessarily say so this is just one thing that was brought up you know this past week and i won't say that it's sin but it's definitely going against there's things that i do in my life that i don't feel like are going against god's will right and that but they definitely are because they're in scripture, right? And one of those things is becoming afraid, right? And I think it was a little part of our podcast last week. And this dude this past week I was talking to, he said, fear not is in the Bible 365 times. And I think it's no coincidence. I think the Bible's very, very intricate beyond my comprehension, right? Like that it was definitely God is a divine book, right? The fact that fear not is in there for one time, one time for every single day of the year, exactly 365 times that's crazy right and I, and then I'll end up living in a lot of fear and I don't feel bad about it right because what of whatever reason right but even that right is going against God's word you know and, and getting to a point where it's like how do I remove the fear from my life right I'm going somewhere with this right but it, it's like well, okay well how do I remove the fear from my life right and my reaction would be I need to you know, the human thought is like, I need to work out some more, right? Because I know that working out helps me with my stress so that I need to go to the gym, right? Or I need to, you know, if I'm, you know, when I do have fears, like I'm afraid about something. So I need to go focus my attention on that thing so that I'm not afraid of it anymore. And then I'm, that that fear will leave me, right? So it's like, I, I take my will back because I'm going to go fix whatever I might be afraid about. And in reality, what I'm supposed to do is run as fast as I can towards God, right? Build the faith type thing. Run as fast as I can towards God, right? Just run towards Jesus. And then what happens is God takes it from me, right? Because when I know who God truly is, right? It's like I don't I don't have that. I don't have the fear anymore because I know that God is really for me. You know, and he wants the best for me. And that even if I'm in a hard time, that there's a reason for it, right? It's for his glory in some way. You know, and when I so when I do run towards God, when I build on the faith, right, then I do get that, that uh, I get to see that full picture, 
what I'll say too about sin is it's a uh, the devil is a liar, and I've probably experienced like I don't know probably seventy percent of the sin that you could commit I've probably done it. You know, that's a crazy number. <laughs> that was just, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Probably, it might be like I don't know. We're we're gonna say sixty to eighty. We'll probably be better. <laughs> But this is what I've learned from indulging in all of the sin is that it's like, you know, for like I, I did a lot of drugs, you know, and when I first picked up drugs, I, I figured out that I, I thought I found the key to life. You know what I mean? Like I'd felt crazy my whole life. I'd always felt out of place and I'd always felt, you know, insecure and I've always felt, uh, you know, resentful at the world and maybe for the different situations that I was put in, you know, growing up and all this stuff. And then I picked up drugs and I was like, all that stuff went away. I felt real good. And then I chased that for a long time, you know, and it's because, right, like the devil put that in my life and it, it looked appealing, you know, and I ate the apple because I thought it was going to do something for me. And then what happens is, you know, I think it's freedom too, right? Like I think like God or Satan paints sin as like this freedom that I can do whatever I want right the free will idea of like I can do whatever I want so I'm going to do whatever I want and what ends up happening is I actually become less free I get trapped in the sin and it, it literally it wraps its its claws around me you know and I'm I don't want it anymore right and it's like but now I'm like stuck in it like almost as if God has delivered me over to it right He's given me over to that sin because I wanted it so bad. It's just like God will give you what you want, right? Like we know that. If you pray every day for a, a buttload of money, dog, I promise you, you'll get it. And you're going to be real upset when you get what you want, right? Like it's why we always say to pray for God's will because God will give you what you want. And you're not always going to be so happy when you get it. And then you're stuck in it. And then you're praying to God to get you out of it, right? And I've had this experience with a lot of sin in my life, you know? And so it goes to the point of like, okay, well, how do I get rid of it, right? Because I'm so trapped inside of it that I know that my own strength is going to get me out of it from my own experience. I'm just sharing from my experience of like sin and literally my walk that I've had with God up to this point. And here's what it, this is what I'm I'm going to make this big connection here. And it's going to be it's about to get super deep. So it's going to be a real follow along type thing. And I was just talking about it with Wally. So I wanted to look it up and it is going to get even deeper than what I talked about with Wally because I wanted to do a little more. I'm not. <laughs> nah, bro. Jordan Peterson's fire, though. So, <laughs> Wally's tripping, bro. Bro, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, like, you're definitely an alpha male. Like, for sure. All right, bro. Don't look alpha. <laughs> nah. Jesus is the only alpha. All right, all right, all right. Nah, but dude. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you can't say that, bro. Jesus, how? You're, he's you're prop. talking about Jesus and you're saying, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, you're alpha male. Yeah, but alpha male isn't, that's not a bad thing. If you look up the qualities of an alpha male, all right, all right, all right. Listen that was Francis. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Stick with Francis, my boy Francis. Francis, I love Francis, bro. But Francis, alpha male. <laughs> Francis, bro. Francis probably is alpha male. Actually, no, he's probably more of a sigma. All right, bro. Go back to what you about to read. All right, all right. So yeah, so you gotta know those from God though. Whenever I'm talking, because you, you know what I'm saying, like they have to know. Because it's too crazy. But anyway, so Genesis 3, 24. Adam and Eve, right, they eat the apple. And what ends up happening is this. So then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. So before, right, 
Adam and Eve, they know nothing about good and evil, right? And they eat the apple and what happened, that's what actually happens is that before we lived in this paradise where there was no good and evil, there was only good. They ate the, the apple of knowledge, right? Because Satan said, you'll eat this apple and you'll be, you'll be like God, right? You'll be like God because you'll know good and evil, which is true. God knew about good and evil and we did not, right? So then they eat the apple. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, right? So now what has to happen is they have to eat from the tree of life. And that's the connection I'm going to make, but I'm going to read the rest of it. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the, from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at each of the, gar and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So he places this angel in front of, of the garden where the tree of life is, right? He kicks him out of Eden and then to guard Eden so that they can't come back in because they're covered in sin now. So God, what does God say? God says, I can't have sin in heaven, right? So that's what he does. He kicks them out because now they have evil in them. They know what evil is. So now leave, right? And he puts this angel with the flaming sword in front of Eden. And that's what we would have to, right? That's what we would have to fight for to get, get into heaven, right? If we want to go see, be with God for eternity in heaven, we have to fight We'd have to figure out a way, right, to get past this sword, this this flaming sword and this this angel that's obviously divine and more powerful than our finite human powers go, right? And so the connection I'm going to make here is then you could say, okay, well, how do I get this tree of life, right? Like, where's this tree of life at? The tree of life is Jesus, right? That is what Jesus is, right? And the connection is the, so... It's a little thing, right? But Jesus tree of life is two twenty nine three forty one. Oh, that's nothing. Never mind. Don't listen to that. He came to announce that God's eternal life was available once again through him. Jesus thinks of himself as the tree of life. This is what he meant when he claimed to be the vine that brings God's life into the world. Right? So the whole connection I'm trying to make here is that I'm as far as works go, there's no works that I'm gonna I'm not gonna be perfect, so I can't go to heaven. Jesus is the tree of life. What do I need? I need the Holy Spirit. I need the tree of life, right, to enter into me. I, I need to eat from the tree of life. I need the faith, right? And when I eat from that tree of life, right, like Jesus, when I eat, you know, even when we eat the Eucharist, right, you're literally eating the tree of life, well, I guess symbolically, but still, right, like you're, you're partaking in the idea of, right, like, uh, you know, God, right, like entering into you, right? And then so I, I have this tree of life. And now, right, what, what starts happening is the, so the symbolism of the sword, which I learned is from Jordan Peterson, which honestly isn't that, it's not bad, dude. <laughs> it's not a bad thing if it's, it's spiritual. Like he's fire, like he's deep. And I can't, I was about to say something crazy, but so, so the, I, the thing that Jordan Peterson points out though, and he has like a lot of good talks on God and stuff and one of the things he says is that the flaming sword, what does it represent? So the flame, the flames, what flames represent is judgment, right? The burning of judgment, you know, that's what hell is, is that it's when you become judged, right? And then the sword is, is sharp, right? It pierces through it, it cuts off, right? So the, the idea of the flaming sword is that it's, it's cutting off sin, right? And so this, this, this angel, right, is going to cut this, this evil out of you, right? And so what do I need though? I need the, the tree of life, right? I need God to basically <laughs> cut cut this evil out of me right so that i can be one and be made holy and be made you know that that can live in heaven right and i can't get that without without christ and i'm not going to get it through my works 
And then to finish this whole thing off, we're going to go to the last thing that I saw, right, was Romans. So going back to Romans now, Romans eight twenty eight through 29. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Right? And so the image, what the image of God actually means is this. So I'm gonna, I want like an actual definition. A concept in theological doctrine in Judaism and Christianity is a foundational aspect of fundamental understanding of human nature. Hold on. I'm trying to find a better one. Humans are in the image of God in their moral, spiritual, and intellectual nature, right? It basically just means that we are created that from of God, basically, right? And then, But we've been so far off with all of this sin, right? Like we've, we've gone so far with it all, right, that to be actually true, like, to where we are actually, like, this one with God, that you need this. We need the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is Christ, right? The whole idea of the whole thing, basically, is just this, is that, like, I don't know. I get so deep into the works and the and uh, because of my own sin, it's like I feel like I can send my way out of the thing that I've already been gifted, right? Like that I can undo what God has already promised me, you know. And there's nothing in Scripture that supports that idea. It's my it's it's the devil's a liar. It's I have my own sinful flesh. I have the world that tells me things like that, right? That'll like the world always is gonna tell you, right? Like either you're not good enough or it's lying to you because it wants something from you, so it's telling you you're you're fine just the way you are. You know, which neither of those neither of those things are biblical. Right. I tend to lean, I think, more on the opposite side of I don't ever think I'm good enough. You know, and then so like when I do sin and when I get in that idea, it's like I feel this almost like it's you know, it's gonna be what I do that that'll get me into heaven and then I almost just pull away from God because I'm like, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I have so much sin. I'm like, I just can't do it. I will never get to heaven. You know, I I, I sin too much. And, and I, I become, I'm attached to it because I have partaken in it, like I was saying before. And I really do. I get attached to it. And I don't want to let it go because it's a part of me. You know, it's it's really like, and then so it's like I'm losing part of my, like this, the flaming sword. It's like he's cutting off that part of me, you know. And how Wally was saying, surrender. It, it's really just about that, about getting to that point where I can surrender it and let God have it, you know, in the dying to self, right, and the sacrifice. You know, I'm just sacrificing this part of me that is filthy and dirty, right, that when God looks at me, he sees that and he doesn't want that, right, so he wants me to cut it off and get rid of it, you know, and the only way that I can get that is when God's working in me, right. It comes from the inside out, not from the outside in, and a lot of the times I think, for me at least, right, I always look on the outside about what needs to be fixed around me to fix what's wrong with me inside. When in reality, it's like I need the, the sin that dwells inside of me, the filth that's in me that, that corrodes me. You know, I need to kill that. That's the dying to self. I need to kill all of that, right, to get to this point where it's like I am. God sees me as this, you know, this holy image, and it's a process, I think, of living on earth that happens, right? It's a continued process where God continues to to break these pieces off of me and then how that happens is through continuously knowing who God is, right? Like continuing that faith and really growing in Christ and really growing that relationship to where me and Jesus are just like binded as one, right? 
Because if I'm binded with Christ, there's not going to be a part of me that wants to have that sin in my life. You know, I'm not going to want that in my life anymore because God is holy, pure. He's he's perfect. Right. And if I'm binded with that, my own flesh is binded with that. I'm not going to there's going to be no part of me that wants evil. And it's just it's going to be easy to just drop off that weight. I'm not going to want to hold on to it. I'm not going to want to be attached to it anymore. You know, and then as far as like I was talking to about heaven, as far as that goes, for me, at least I need to get to a point where it's like I really know for a fact, right? Like I believe it truly in my heart, like it's written in my heart that it's not what, you know, my my spot in heaven, the room, like God said, Jesus says he's making a room for us in heaven. I just got to remember that there, that room's already made. You know, that like that place for me in heaven is there. And regardless of what I do on this earth, you know, is not based on how I live my life or how I work. My sins are forgiven and it's not because of what I do. It's because of what he did. You know, is that a lot, dude? You went in. No, you went in. Yes, sir. No, but that's fire because then like I just started to think like. This might be like an hour and a half, dude. We're just going all night long yeah. to break a dawn. Yes, sir. No, I just started to think like. When we get in that place, you know, where we're so caught in our sin, we got to remember that we're supposed to have faith in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Not faith in ourselves, you know, because when we're so focused on what we're doing, we're completely neglecting what Jesus already did. You know, it's almost like coming from a place of pride and ego. You know what I mean? When we're so like we're we're so caught up on like we should have done better or we should have not committed that sin when in reality no like we're born sinners like that's what we naturally did because of what chris like that's what we do naturally because of what chris said in genesis you know that one decision created you know a whole race of sin like a whole freaking the whole world is just sinful now because of that one decision but also because of the one decision made by god we're we have the opportunity to be saved you know but it's up to us. We have the free will, which is the hardest thing that we're going to wrestle with for the rest of our life. And we can't ever get so caught up in, in the pride and ego of thinking we should be doing better because in reality, like, no, bro, we're, we're broken, you know, and the only thing that can make us whole is God. It's only through his grace that we are saved. By faith, we receive his grace. By faith and knowing what Jesus did, we are, we are made new. We can we have the opportunity to be new creations in Christ every single day as long as we choose it, you know, and now it's to the point where like if you're listening to this and this goes for me and Chris, too, we've heard of God. We've heard of Jesus, what he did, and we've heard of the law. We've heard of the commandments. We have an idea of right and wrong, even if we don't even like it says in Romans, the Gentiles, they didn't know God. They didn't know his word or his law, but in them. In their hearts, they already knew right versus wrong. They knew sin versus the holy aspect. You know what I mean? Like God put in a sort of a, a holy navigational system, you know, because let's say right now you're listening and you don't have no relationship with God. You know, you're just kind of going out on a limb. You're like, maybe I'll give God a shot. You know that when you do something right, it feels good. And when you do something wrong, it feels bad. Right. And that's God inside of you, you know. That's the conviction that you're feeling. That's the Holy Spirit trying to push and pull you away from things or towards things, you know? So it's like we have that in us. God has instilled that in us, and we got to choose to listen to the good and try our best to 
to give the bad to God, you know, because like in Romans one, what Paul was saying, he was like warning them. He was like, look, y'all are bringing God's wrath on you because you know what you're supposed to be doing. You've seen God. God has revealed himself to you. But instead, you're trading in God. It says they in Romans one twenty three. it says they exchanged the glory of God for for uh what is it uh, exchange the glory of the immortal god for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles therefore god gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another they exchanged the truth about god for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who forever is praised so it's like God, because of the free will, is going to allow us to step into those evil desires, you know, and we can choose the sin, but we can't always choose the consequence, you know, and every time we choose the sin, the consequence is we're stepping step by step farther and farther away from God, you know, every time we choose that sin instead of God, it's like we're weakening our relationship, but when we're walking according to the law, all it's doing is growing our faith, you know, because then we see, like, I know from for a fact Anytime I choose God over myself, I feel better. And I want to do it again. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep building on that. Anytime I choose me over God and I commit a sin that I know I'm not supposed to be doing, I don't want to do that again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll get in this mode where it's like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to sin again. God, I'm only serving you and I'm only living for you. God, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm like... Oh, and then what happens? Like a day later, I'm in, in the same place. Like, oh, I did it again. You know what I'm saying? And it just never ends until we truly, truly die to self, until we truly surrender to God. You know what I mean? And we can't keep, you know, making excuses or justifying our wrongdoings. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we got to acknowledge the fact that we're going to mess up, but don't use that as a, a hall pass to keep just running up the sin. You know, if you're in the wrong and you know that and it's been clearly pointed out to you, like it is now your job to address the problem and step faithfully into what God has called you to, you know, like I'm talking about full heartedly, like Chris read in the 828, God does, what was it? God does good for those who love, what is it? Pull it up real quick. Actually, hold on, I got it. And we know in all things God does. Well, let me put, I forgot it, bro. <laughs> I'm just going to read it, bro. My brain's kind of fried. I'm sorry, guys. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And the good, like what God's working for is his idea of good, not our idea of good. You know, so when we truly give it to him. And we truly have a heart full of the Holy Spirit, a heart that wants to please God. Like he's going to do good in his eyes. You know, it might get uncomfortable for us when we truly want to surrender some things. It might bring some pain. You know, it might bring a little bit of uncomfortable uncomfortability. You know, you might have to get out of your shell a little bit. You know, you might have to get vulnerable with somebody. But these are all parts of the process. You know, there's steps that we do need to take to be freed of the sins that we're chained to, you know, because every single person is struggling with something. 
no matter how holy they look or no matter how good they hide it, every single person goes home at night and there's something that they're struggling with, you know? And if we keep just acting like it's cool throughout the day and then going home at night struggling, trying to take it all on on our own, we're never going to get anywhere. You know, we're, we're counting ourselves out. We're literally saying like, uh, I don't, a lot of people are skeptical to give things to God because they want, they don't, they don't know how it's going to go. They're afraid, you know, that, that, that they're just going to receive wrath or condemnation and they're missing out on all the glory that God has for us, you know? And that takes me right back to Romans, let me pull it up real quick. Romans four. And it says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one who whose sin the Lord will never count against them. That's Romans 4, verse 7 through 8. So, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Our transgressions are our sins. And when we're forgiven, we're blessed. How do we receive forgiveness? Through Jesus. It's nothing we do. Jesus gave us the forgiveness. So, all we have to do is love Jesus. We have to have a full heart of Jesus, loving him, surrendering to him, and accepting him. And it says, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. God is not keeping a tally of how many times you sin. You know what I'm saying? God is keeping a tally of how many times you repent and fully turn back to him. You know, God is looking for us to to lean on him, you know, not to lean on ourselves. So when we do find, find ourselves in, in sin, we seek forgiveness. And how do we seek forgiveness? Through having faith that we are forgiven, you know. And every time we do that, we keep the faith we receive the forgiveness, you know? So you got to be focused on, on Jesus, on God, not on yourself, you know? Every day that I, I, I try to do good by my power, never do good. Nothing good ever comes from it, you know? I mess up every single time. But every day that I look into his word and I see what he wants from me, and then I ask the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me to that, I receive glory because my faith grows. And I know, like Chris was saying, my seat at the table in heaven is, is already there. He already made a sweet little chair for me where I'm going to go, chair. little barber chair up there. Yes, I'm going to go up there and I might, you know what? I might just have a little carrot, but the important thing is I'm, God. I'm there. I'm with God. God passed the I'm going to have just a, an <laughs> a, a, a eternal carrot. This little baby carrot going to last me for eternity because of God, you know? Baby I can't look, look, joke. it's an inside joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what's important is like, think about it. Let's just do, let's take this to a little physical example. If I'm sitting at a dinner table and all I have is one baby carrot, that's going to last me what? Three seconds. And I'll be hungry. You in, in heaven at God's table with the carrot, never be hungry again. That was crazy, dude. <laughs> that was nuts. Nah, the baby carrot is uh. No one understands that, so it's just probably sounds so crazy. Baby yeah, that's our joke because we talk about the uh, treasures in heaven, and me and Wally be dumb hard on ourselves. So we're like, we just probably gonna get a carrot when we get up there. <laughs> we just walk around heaven. Everyone got some like chains, <laughs> some beamers. We got carrots. Not even carrot. <laughs> one carrot. Baby carrot. Not even a full full just a baby one. Oh. Alright, so like how I was talking about uh you know, my sin feeling like my sin, you know, removes my uh my gift in heaven. 
So Romans 3, no one is righteous, and it says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. So this is as it is written. As far as no one is, no one is righteous. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin, right? And so no one's unique in the idea that we are all serious sinners, right? And then so it's like that really explains the impossibility of of uh, any of us, right? The re- Like it's, uh, it's funny, right? It's like really easy, I think. It's like uh, John Piper, he's like, it's so easy for, uh, it's easy for us to get controversial, you know, as far as, like, grace goes, really, right? Because you read something like that, and it's, like, so quick I can be, like, dang, how how is God sh- snapping on me right now? You know what I mean? Why am I getting this wrath or whatever? Uh, and it's because that's that makes sense, actually. That would make a lot of sense if every single day I woke up and God just poured his wrath out on me. It'd make a lot of sense if I spent eternity in hell. He was, dude, that's real life. That was real. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, because I'm, you know, I'm covered in sin, like I'm covered in this filth. You know, what doesn't make sense is that God would send His Son to die for me, and then all I have to do is believe that He actually did that. That's it, right? And I don't like that. You know what I mean? I don't like the idea that it's that easy. You know, I feel like there's, from what the world tells me, versus what the Bible tells me, right? Like it's easy to listen to the world because it's right in my face all the time, you know? So it's like, I quickly want to go to what the world says of like, well, we kind of probably got to put some work in here. You know, there's got to be more to it. It can't be that easy. You know, it just can't be that simple, right? There's got to be something else, right? Like I'm going to wake, I'll wake up tomorrow, dude. I'll probably say, right. It just says right here, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to say some crazy stuff. I'm going to leave this podcast, dude. I'm going to put this mic down. And I'm going to say a bunch of crazy stuff from, I'm sleep- having a sleepover. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be nuts. Like, I know I'm going to say crazy stuff before this night is over. I'm going to sin before this night is even over. You know what I mean? And so, and then for, but for like there to already be a spot up there in heaven for me, like, and all I had to do was just, you know, really was what God did for me, actually, not what I had to do. You know, that God just gave me this insane ability to just and not even right like this insane opportunity um for for this saving grace you know and so like that's the next thing right so we learn okay the law i fail by the law constantly and the next thing says the righteousness of god through faith but now the righteousness of god has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it the righteousness of god through faith in christ jesus for all who believe for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and are justified by his grace as a gift. So I'm only justified by his grace as a gift. He just gave it. He just gave me something. I'm completely justified, right? Like, I'm going to go up to that angel and he's going to be like, bro, you're like, it's like a thing I think we've said before on the podcast. It's like the angel will be like, bro, how y'all keep getting in here? Like, this don't make no sense. Like, I watched y'all down there. Like, I watched what you were doing down there. How did you get past a dude with a flaming sword? A flaming, can you imagine? And then if you actually read what the cherubim angel looks like, dude, he's, he looks crazy. Like, he's going to be a, like a monstrous beast. You know what I mean? And then we're just going to keep, like, sliding through him. Like, Jesus is going to be, like, sneaking us, like, through the angel. <laughs> yeah. And we're just be like, dang, we, we made it. We made it. Yeah. No, but literally, right? And it's like this worship song I listen to, like you're, because it says like right after that, I'll keep reading, right? Uh, are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as appropriation by his blood to be received by faith. It was the blood that he shed on the cross, right? I'm going to be covered in it. And that's what's going to make me be pure, right? It's what it says in Revelations, right? Is that through that blood, right? I'm, I made white as snow. I made perfect, completely perfect. I'm a perfect human being, like, through what christ did not because of i'm actually perfect but because of what christ did two thousand years ago on a cross right so you want to talk about something that doesn't make sense meditate on that like i don't know i can meditate on that i think for the rest of my life and it'll never make sense to me right that that god would forgive me and then look upon me on in all my sin and all my filth and then just be like it's all forgiven like we're just gonna cross it out you know, it's like a good thing I heard one time was like, um, and this is also John Piper's, like his representation of it is like, just imagine that, you know, like uh, some guy goes out and he kills like 40 people in a shooting, right? And then like all, he goes to the court, right? And then he's sitting in court and there's all the people, all the families that he's just harmed, right? He's just killed all these people, um... It's this huge thing. It's all over the news and everything. And then he just, the guy goes, you know, I'm sorry. It's true in his heart. He really is. He regrets doing what he had done. And the judge says, you're good, right? And the guy walks out of the courthouse with no no issues and just goes and lives the rest of his life, right? You know, and that's a super extreme example, obviously. But it's the idea is like, you know, it is that extreme, though. That's that's literally what it is, is that it, sh- it should never have happened, right? But when God... But, but just because of faith in the cross, right? I'm kind of repeating myself now, but I think you get the idea, right? It's faith is what I'm saved by, you know, and that's as far too, I guess, just to go back into works, I guess, to tie the whole thing together, knowing all of that, right? Knowing that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven, knowing that, right, God loves me and that I'm predestined to this and that Jesus loves me and that Jesus did this for me and that Jesus you know, had this grace for me, right? Like, and I mean this for the person listening, the exact person listening, you know, not in a vague way, the entire world, but like you specifically, God literally was on that cross and he was thinking about you. Really think about that. Jesus on the cross and he's literally, don't think that he's thinking about everybody at the same time, but he's thinking about you specifically in that moment. An infinite God can think about, right? He's outside of the scope of time right but he's literally thinking about you in that moment on that cross and your sins that's what he's dying for is what you're going to do today the sin that you're going to commit right and then if you notice that it's like if you know that to be true it's like of course i want to uphold the law you know of course i don't want to be covered in this sin of course i don't want to be because as soon as i get that sin i'm detached from god 
right? Like it pulls me away from God and I don't want that. I want to be closer to God because I know it's where true happiness is. And I know where that's a true love is. I know that's where my purpose is. And I know that's where my home is, you know? Definitely this was led by the Holy Spirit, dude, because I actually had nothing to say whenever, I swear, I had nothing to say, dude, which is fire. I don't know if you want to say anything or just pray out. No, just one quick thing. Um, yeah, it's getting real busy tonight. Sleepover. Fire episode. We about to have a sleepover, so. <laughs> no, but I just think it's so important that we realize, you know, we live in this world where we're constantly being told we're never enough. You know, no matter what accomplishment you reach, not enough. Keep going. No matter what job you get, uh, you could get a promotion. It could be a better job. No matter what money you're making, you could always make more money, you know? No matter what girlfriend you end up with, ah, oh, there's a better-looking girl out there. You know, we live in this world where there's just... it's Nothing's ever enough. So why would we be so focused on that and completely miss out on this God, Jesus, who loves us so much, who knows will never be enough but continues to love us every single moment and we don't got to do nothing for it like it was already given to us the greatest gift we could ever receive has already been given to us all we have to do is reach out and grab it and like chris was saying the only thing that's going to make us clean is that blood it doesn't it doesn't have to make sense it never will make sense until we get up there and meet him but it takes faith you know a lot of stuff you're going to read, you're not going to completely understand, and that's okay. You don't have to have a full comprehension of the Bible or a full comprehension of God because we never will till we get up there and we get to talk to him and we get to praise him and we get to worship him and we get to see the infinite power that he is, you know? So for right now, focus on his word. Focus on the commandments, the laws he's laid out to us. Focus on getting into a community of people who want to grow closer to God and who are going to push you to grow closer to God. Get around people who are going to be praying for you in times when you can't pray for yourself. Get around people, you know, that that just want nothing but the best for you and not the best in a worldly sense, but the best is in growing closer and closer to God every single day. And even in those times when you feel like you have nothing to bring to God, you don't have to. You don't have to bring nothing to God. God is good and perfect all on his own. He just wants to love you and have a relationship with you. So, if you're struggling right now, start with the relationship with God, you know? And how do you start a relationship? You say, hey, what's up? It's me. Boom. That's it. It's like it's like how you build a relationship with a friend. God just wants to be your best friend, you know? It's this free parent that's up in the up in the sky, that's all around you, that's watching over you, that's protecting you, that just wants to love you, you know? So just reach out, reach out your hands for God, and I guarantee you he'll grab onto that hand and he'll pull you into a beautiful life greater than you could ever imagine. So let's just go ahead and pray out tonight. Oh, you got one? Oh, Chris got one more. Bro, I'm trying to get to the sleepover, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's really quick. I saw this thing today and it said, uh, you know, the gifts that we most take for granted are the ones that are freely given to us. And it was talking about your mind. It, was, it had nothing to do with... Um, God, I just talking about our mind and our body, right? Like we destroy our minds, our bodies, whatever. But um, I think relating that to exactly what we're talking about tonight, right? Like the free gift of our salvation um, through the faith, right? 
we take it for granted so much, I think. I do. I take it for granted a lot, the fact that I have that gift, you know, and it's it's literally of nothing of my doing. Um, but, yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and close it out with a little prayer. So let's just open up our hearts and our minds and let's let, let's let Jesus talk to us tonight. All right. Dear God, we just come before you tonight, God, Lord, just in a place of love, Lord. Lord, I pray that tonight whoever's listening heard your word and heard your truth, God, and Lord, that they they would just accept you, Lord, that they would seek you and that they would know that the battle has been won, that you made the sacrifice so that we could be saved forever. Lord, I pray that they would find safety in their salvation, God, Lord, that they would drop the weights of this world, God, and just choose you. Lord, I pray that whoever is listening right now would know that they are loved, that they are here for a reason, Lord Jesus, they are chosen by you, and that you know every single second of their life. And Lord, when they love you and have a heart full of you, Lord Jesus, you are doing right by them at all times, Lord Jesus, even when we feel broken and afraid, God, you are right there, God. Lord, I pray you would place your right hand on the shoulder of those listening, God, bring comfort to their life, bring comfort to their heart and peace among their family, Lord, along their friendships, along their business, Lord, every single aspect of their life, Lord, I pray it would be full of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and I pray that they would hear your word spoken tonight, God, and then run with it, God, Lord, I pray that this would be motivation to get people out of themselves and focused on you, Lord. I pray that you would help us every single day to die to self and choose you, Lord, that you would become more and we would become less, God. Lord, I ask that you would kill our pride, kill our ego, and help us just be focused on you, rooted in you, rooted in your love and in your glory, God. I thank you for your ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, and Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would surround us and fill us and protect us, Lord. In your all my name we pray, amen.